Hello all and welcome all to another edition of the DFS Today podcast NFL edition brought to you by SportsEthos.com. I am your host, Mike LaFemina. If this is your first time listening to the Monday night edition of the episode, we will be reviewing my week eight cash game lineup, doing a little bit of reverse engineering, reflecting and going over the decisions that went into that lineup. Before we get going, basketball season is in full swing now. And what better way to get an edge on your opponents than all of the in-season tools we have available for our subscribers at sportsethos.com. Just jam-packed with tons of different tools, as I mentioned, to give you an edge in your fantasy basketball leagues this season. I recommend the Sports Ethos 360 package, which gets you everything for only $22 a month. The Fantasy Pass for NFL, NBA, the Wager Pass, the DFS Pass, and access to all of the goods that are in our Discord channels going on. All right, so week eight ended up being pretty good in the head-to-head competition this week. So we ended up with a record. Let's pull it up real quick. A record of 32-16-2. That's a 64% win rate. Uh, bringing the year-to-date total of 199, 170, and 3 for a 53% win rate overall. The lineup for the week was Jalen Hurts at quarterback for $8,200. Tony Pollard and Alvin Kamara at $7,573. Respectively. Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, and Josh Downs at the wide receiver position. Trey McBride at tight end. Brees Hall in the flex. And the Falcons defense rounding things out. All totaling a 141.86 out. Put. Um, so let's just dive right into it. So if you read the DFS delivery, you knew that I was leaning Sam Darnold at quarterback. I did not think that Brock Purdy was going to play. Um, and Coming off the concussion, short rest. They were on. They played on Monday Night Football, and we really hadn't seen anybody play showing any sort of signs of a concussion 
the next week. Um, and I just thought with the crackdown that we have seen on that type of thing that it w- we saw Adam Schefter tweet about it earlier in the week that there was not going to be that it was going to be Brock Purdy at the helm. But um, it did not turn out that way this week. So we had to pivot. I mentioned that my three musts this week were the three running backs that I played. It was Tony Pollard in a buy low spot that was just, he's just getting too much work to not have a breakout game. Now, it did not work out this this week. He once again failed in his price tag, only scoring 6.5 DraftKings points, one catch for two yards, uh, only 53 rushing yards, no touchdowns. I sound like a broken record, but the Tony Pollard game is coming. Um, his his role is too good. The offense is too good. Uh, it's been a lot of weird games for Dallas. And that just continued again this week. I am not deterred. Um, Alvin Kamara was the easiest play on the slate to me. Well, correct that. Brees Hall was. But Alvin Kamara was a very close second. At only 7,300, considering his role, I don't want to spew over the same stats that I've been giving over and over again. But just know the role was elite going against this indie defense that has not been able to stop a nosebleed. And that rang true again this week as the Saints rolled to 38 points. Uh, Kamara, 59 rushing yards, four catches for 51 receiving yards, got into the end zone through the air and through the ground for 27 DraftKings points. Just one of those situations where you cannot show up in a cash game or a head-to-head without Alvin Kamara to me. It was simply irresponsible. Uh, If you didn't show up with Tony Pollard and you showed up with Isaiah Pacheco, I totally would have understood that. I get it. I get it. Uh, But to me, the Pollard spot was too juicy to pass up. And there was no way I was passing up the Kamara spot or the Brees Hall spot. And the pricing on Brees Hall was just ludicrous at 5,900. Coming out of there by, we've seen Dalvin Cook being phased out of this offense even the prior two weeks to uh, this contest. So, you know, it's not like a last minute thing that DraftKings couldn't adjust the pricing to. The matchup against the Giants, while the, you know, there is a systemic risk with Zach Wilson being the quarterback, and we saw that play out kind of uh, being only 13 points for the Jets in an overtime win over the Giants. And, you know, Riesel did struggle a little bit on the ground, a, a lot of it actually, only 17 rushing yards, but. We've seen Brees Hall be dynamic in the passing game, and that can't rang true this week. Six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown through the air. 
for 21.3 DraftKings points at that 5,900 price tag. Just an absolute no-brainer. Uh, so we had the three running backs locked into place. Once Brock Purdy was ruled in and we had to pivot away from Sam Darnold, um, the quarterback position to me became a spend-up spot. There wasn't a whole lot of spend-down options that I was particularly comfortable with. I was not comfortable with Russell Wilson. I was not comfortable with Gardner Minshew. I could have been talked into Dak at 6100 but the pricing was a little weird with that. I didn't get up to anybody that was too exciting in the wide receiver spots um, with that $2,100 savings that it would, or $2,000 savings if you went Lamar. Um, you know, in hindsight, obviously Burrow was an amazing play. He was more of a tournament game, though. I, I was never considering him for cash. Um, so it became a decision between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. If you went Lamar, I would definitely not quibble with that. The matchup was great against Arizona. Hertz also had a good matchup with Washington, but we did see him with a knee brace last week. Um, and we did see the potential for a big blowout in this game. However, given a toss-up situation, I'm always going to lean Jalen Hurts due to the floor-ceiling combo that he has. Now, Lamar does rush just as much as Hurts, right? Um, but Hurts just gets it done every week. He plays behind a better offensive line, a more consistent opportunity when they get near the goal line we saw it again now it didn't work out this time he did fumble kind of a bad outcome there but Washington was able to push them and we saw the great passing attack that is Philadelphia AJ Brown is just on another level this year uh, over 300 yards for Hertz get that bonus We had four touchdowns. You know, I didn't quite see that coming, but that's why you play Hurts is for the ceiling, right? Um, Lamar Jackson has a ceiling, but I uh, a high ceiling at that. But I feel like Hurts is is just that much more higher. As great as Zay Flowers has been, as solid as Mark Andrews has been, it's not A.J. Brown. It's not Devonta Smith. It's not Dallas Goddard. It's not DeAndre Swift. It's not that offensive line. Um, so Ty goes to Jalen Hurts. Now it worked out that Lamar had a left tail outcome performance. I believe he ended up with uh, close to 15 DraftKings points. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it wasn't it wasn't the performance that they were hoping for. 
and Hertz went off. Um, so I was happy with that decision. Uh, if Hertz would have scored 10 points and Lamar Jackson would have scored 30 points, I would have still been happy with the decision. Um, but it was a tough call. It was a tough call. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, Zay Flowers was the only one that I had locked and loaded coming into the week. Um, I've regurgitated his how excited I am about his usage and his route tree and how often he had shredded zone defense coming into the year and how much Arizona played zone defense. It was just a great spot for Zay Flowers. Now, the targets were there, but it kind of reverted back to week one, week two, Zay Flowers. It was all near the line of scrimmage, very low A dot in this contest, and he ends up with five catches for 19 yards and 6.9 DraftKings points. Not what we were hoping, but his price remains at only 5,600, so he didn't totally nuke us, right? Um, obviously, it wasn't great, but it didn't kill us. It didn't kill us. So, spending up at quarterback, spending up at the three wide receiver positions, going with a mid-priced option in Zay Flowers, we had to find some value. That value came in the form of Josh Downs, Tink Dell, and Trey McBride at the tight end position this week. Quickly going by those decisions one by one, Tink Dell became a very interesting option once we heard the news that Robert Woods was going to be ruled out coming out of their bye. Um, you know, Tink Dell has shown his ceiling. He's also shown his floor. Uh, this was not a particularly great game with three catches for 15 yards, or 16 yards, sorry, 15 rushing yards. Um, I expected a little more out of this Houston offense this week. That did not come to fruition, only scoring 13 points as a team. Uh, but I was okay with the call. Um, the other only other option that I didn't go with would have been Kendrick Bourne. He was 4,700. He did find his way to the end zone, ended up getting hurt. Uh, we learned today that he did, in fact, tear his ACL and is out for the season, uh, which is unfortunate because Bourne was having a nice season. Um, it was a decent spot in a game where the Patriots were more than likely going to be in a negative game script. Um, I just trust CJ Stroud more than Mac Jones. And that was the tiebreaker in this instance. Um, you know, Tank Dell with CJ Stroud, excuse me, going against the Carolina defense uh, versus Kendrick Bourne as the number one, but going against Miami and as I mentioned I just don't trust Mac Jones uh, once Robert Woods was ruled out just an easy decision to click tank Dell and Josh Downs I I was really excited about the offensive environment for New Orleans and the Indianapolis Colts game um, yes the Colts uh, excuse me the Saints 
are a pretty good defense. They're not the 86 Bears or anything. And in a dome environment, I expected Marshawn Lattimore to lock up Michael Pittman. Now, that exactly didn't come quite to fruition. Uh, But ever since Gardner Minshew's been behind the helm, Josh Downs has been a reliable option as the number two in this offense. Uh, And he came through again, seven catches, 72 yards. Just ho-hum, another quality outing from Josh Downs. As I mentioned, there wasn't really anybody else that I was considering. Kendrick Bourne was the only other option. Um, And for reasons previously stated, I stayed away from that. Tight end was a pretty easy call for me this week once we got the news that Zach Ertz was going on IR. Trey McBride was still being priced like a backup. And at $2,800, he had already begun to see an uptick in his usage and target share the past couple weeks, even with Zach Ertz in the fold. So Trey McBride uh, came through for us 10 catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. That tight end position has been a valuable position in fantasy this year. The the Arizona Cardinal tight end position, um, whether it's a product of the lack of talent at the wide receiver position for the Cardinals, whether it's a Josh Dobbs thing, um, a combination of the two, plus Arizona finds themselves in trailing game scripts quite often. All those factors combined, Trey McBride was an easy, easy click. Uh, I wasn't going to pay 8400 for Travis Kelsey. Just too expensive uh, to maneuver around the rest of my lineups. And then finally, we talked about Brees Hall in the flex. Defense was Falcons for me at 2900 Didn't really consider another defense. I guess I could have given more consideration to Minnesota going against Jordan Love. I could have given more consideration to Jacksonville going against Kenny Pickett and company. Um, but once the the comments from Mike Vrabel earlier in the week saying he might play mix in some Malik Willis and some Will Levis, I just I you know these are two of the slower paced teams in the league in in terms of snap counts. It was a ghastly low total from Vegas. It just had all the makings of a defense that I wanted to play. And usually when that is the case, it doesn't work out. It's just defense is just so random. I feel like I've said this eight weeks in a row now. It Whenever it seems too good of a spot, just avoid it. Um, you have to play it in cash games just because... Um, You don't want to be the guy who goes contrarian in cash and then you get crushed because of stupid defense. But in tournaments, um, you know, Falcons were getting a lot of ownership. It should have been an easy fade. Um, They get two sacks. They did get a fumble recovery, but got lit up by Will Levis for four touchdowns through the air, um, resulting in three DraftKings points. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah. And then others, I had seen a lot of other people playing, paying up 4300 for the Eagles defense. That is no thank you. No thank you. In cash game scenarios, yes, going against Washington is a juicy, juicy matchup, considering how much Sam Howell gets sacked. Uh, but, you know, they put up 31 points. Sam Howell was sacked once, I believe, in that game. Uh, so it was not a positive performance for the Eagles as well. Uh, so overall thoughts, there wasn't a lot I would change. Once we got the news that I mentioned, the original plan was to start Darnold at quarterback and have Jamar Chase in the Tink Dell spot. Um, I think that would have worked out really nicely, even better, perhaps. Uh, but we got what we got. Um, yeah, I, I could have given more consideration to the Falcons' defense, I suppose. I was happy with Tank Dell and Josh Downs' decisions. You know, I felt a little uneasy having my most expensive wide receiver being only $5,600, but you got to let the board and the pricing, you know, dictate these things for you sometimes. There were three running backs that I was really not interested in fading. Um, any of them. I, and that kind of built my lineup for me. Um, so just some things to consider. You know, you you don't have to have a set roster construction ahead going into the week. Let the news dictate any changes you're going to make and let the pricing dictate any changes you're going to make. Um, overall, happy with the week that was week eight. Quickly transitioning over to the week nine main slate. We'll do a quick pricing reaction before we get out of here. Um, back to a 10 game slate. We do have four buys this week with the Broncos, the Lions, the Jaguars, and the 49ers. And we miss out on the Chiefs and the Dolphins, who are playing in Germany um, on Sunday morning. So much like the past few weeks, we are back down to a reduced player uh, player field. Just waiting for DraftKings to load up here so we can take a look at the pricing. Let's go to the lobby. All right, at quarterback. Lamar Jackson is the highest price option this week at 8200 getting Seattle at home. Jalen Hurts is at home against the Cowboys in what should be a great matchup. He gets a price reduction down to $8,000. Um, going down, Fields and Kirk are not going to be playing. Tough break for Kirk Cousins. Uh, had a few best ball teams with Cousins that... We're really looking great. 
um, with Addison and Hawkinson. Uh, RIP those squads. Uh, Prescott at 6,500 at Philly. You know, they've been susceptible to giving up points to the quarterback. So we will see how the field reacts to that uh, coming off Prescott's big game at home against the Rams. So it's interesting pricing this week, right? We have Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts in the 8,000s. Justin Fields is hurt. Kirk Cousins is hurt. Matthew Stafford is questionable. Uh, So we get Dak Prescott at 6,500. And then we're getting into the C.J. Strouds of the world, the Geno Smiths of the world. They round out 62, 6,000. Then everybody else is under $6,000. Derek Carr, 5,700. Sam Howell, 5,800. Jordan Love, 5,500. Josh Dobbs, well, he's not starting. We just heard about that. Uh, if Deshaun Watson decides to play football again, 5,400 for him. Gardner Minshew, 52. Bryce Young, 51. Jimmy Garoppolo, 51. So there is a bevy of spend down options. You're just going to have to decide whether you want to actually play them. I suspect we're going to see a lot of Jalen Hurts and a lot of Lamar Jackson ownership this week. Moving on to running back, Kamara comes in as your top-priced option at $8,100. Quite the price jump at home against the Bears. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. What to do with that? Um, Boy, oh, boy. Without seeing the rest of the board, uh, that's going to be tough to pass up. Saquon Barkley, $7,900 if if Tommy DeVito can't throw the ball past the line, I can't imagine the Giants are going to come in with that game plan of what they did in the second half last week. Uh, once Tyrod Taylor went out and literally gave the ball to Saquon Barkley every single time. I just can't imagine that that's going to be the game plan. Uh, it's Kenneth Walker, 7000 Josh Jacobs priced down all the way to $6,900. This guy is just not been efficient this year. The role is one of the best in the league, but the the efficiency is just not there. Tony Pollard all the way down to $6,800, but gets what is probably... You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.